What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is another edition of Mailbag Monday, answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. We do this every week, and there's two ways to get involved. First, you just tweet at me. Send me a tweet, Mike G. Rich on Twitter. Send me a question whenever you're thinking of it, or wait for Monday mornings around 9 a.m. Pacific time when I send out a tweet soliciting questions. You respond to that tweet, I will get you in the show. The other way, if you're not a Twitter user, you can just email the show LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com is the address. That's LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. Like I said, we do this every week, off-season, regular season, post-season, whatever season. We Mailbag Monday keeps on rolling. But this week, I got inundated with questions. So, 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 so many questions. And instead of just recording an hour-long show, I'm splitting it up into two. That's right. Get excited. A double mailbag week here the week of the draft. I'm recording this on a Monday evening. The draft is just two days away. Trades are heating up around the league. Free agency opens on Friday. There's a lot going on. And you, dear listener, are excited. And your fellow listeners are excited. So I just got a bunch of questions. I don't want to crush you with an extra long, hour-long mailbag. Instead, you're just going to get two. So if your question is not in this episode, just wait a second. Your question's in the second mailbag. Check it out there. Okay, that was more set up than normal, but this is not a normal week. We got an atypical week, so we needed we had an atypical intro, but let's get into it. Patrick Gallagher at pgallagher503 on Twitter who asks, who is this Juco kid? First came up with the Blazers about a month ago as a second round guy. Now Hollinger has him going in the first round of PDX. Riley from Gmail asks, Lately, Jay Scrub keeps being mentioned in connection with the Blazers, even at pick 16, according to John Hollinger. John Hollinger has Blazer land riled up. With OKC trading with the Lakers and getting another late first round pick, could you see Neil moving back from 16 to 25, excuse me, from 16 to 25 and 28 to pick Jay Scrub? Maybe 45 would have to be included as well. Is there a trade back scenario if, if Scrub is really the guy? Okay, so who is Jay Scrub? And then we'll talk scenarios. But this is someone we, I mentioned him in passing in a previous pod. Um, and I was like, you know, he's a second round guy. Um, I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to give you 10 minutes on a second round guy who I've never watched play. But I've now watched some YouTube videos of Jay Scrub and I've read a lot about him because his name keeps popping up. He is super, he is connected to the Blazers. Um, you know, he he met with Neil Olshay one-on-one. He's met with the Blazers brass twice. That was first reported by Brian Kalbrowski, who was a guest on this podcast. And then Hollinger got in here. And Hollinger knows stuff. I mean, he was an executive in the league for seven years. Uh, I don't know that he's super-duper plugged in with the Blazers, but he's super-duper plugged in with the rest of the league. So if he says that he keeps hearing it, it's because, it's because the word is out. So let's start with Patrick's question. Who, who on earth is this Juco kid? Well, he's a Juco adult. He's a Juco 20-year-old. Um... Jay Scrub, he went, he grew up in Louisville. He's 20 years old. He's 6'6, six, 6'9 six, six, wingspan is about 190 pounds. He's he was the lead guard for John A. Logan, a junior college located in the beautiful community of Carterville, Illinois. Scrub spent two seasons at John A. Logan. Uh, his first year, he averaged 20 points per game to go along with 8.9 rebounds, 1.5 assists. 
1.6 blocks, 1.1 steals, shooting 55% from the floor and 46% from three. 80% from the free throw line. Excuse me, 79% from the free throw line. Um, let's not round up on your boy at Juco. His second season, when he was 19 years old in junior college, played in 29 games, averaged 21.9 points per game, 6.8 rebounds, 2.7 assists to go along with 3.1 turnovers. Whoops! 0.9 blocks per game, 1.4 steals, shot 50% from the floor, 33% from three, and 73% from the three from the free throw line. So basically, the book on Scrub is one. I've seen his highlights; they're fun. <laughs> Check them out. He dunks a lot. He's way he's just way more athletic and way better than the competition. And he basically plays point guard. I don't think he's a like a point guard in the league at six six. Um, particularly with the sort of low assist numbers at the JUCO level, he doesn't. He seems more to me just judging off the box score, someone who's going to score, 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 score. And that's what the scouting reports typically say about him is that he's an NBA level athlete right now. He was dominant at that level, but. Uh, he had some academic issues that kept him out of sort of the typical NCA path and sent him to junior college. He just he wasn't um, he wasn't going to qualify to play in NCA basketball, but he dominated at this level and caught NBA scouts' eyes. The problem is is that one hard to scout guys at the JUCO level. It's just you know what what level of competition he's playing against. He's so physically dominant. Um, Sam Vecini has a great profile of him or just blurb right up about him, just saying basically that he's super athletic, clean looking jump shot, just all of the things you'd want and sort of like that NBA score that you could build from. But he doesn't do a lot else. He wasn't a like a high level defender. He wasn't really a playmaker. So. You know, with without a lot of sort of, in and in, at, at a competition level where he, he could dominate, for him to do basically nothing else but score might be a bit of a red flag. Um, Sam Vecini ranks him as 51st overall. I've seen him uh, on his big board, most recent big board he released just before the draft. I've seen some other ratings where he is a second round guy. I have not seen a single indication that he is a first round guy or a or or even number 16 overall but you just never know with Neil it's his kind of player right this is Anthony Simons a guy who didn't play collegiate basketball has a lot of physical tools and maybe the Blazers can take that to quote John Hollinger that raw lump of clay and and put him in the put him in their player development system and mold him into a real bona fide NBA player You'd feel better about it if Anthony Simons looked like a future NBA star as opposed to like a little bit lost in year two. So I can understand the apprehension about Jay Scrub. But that's who he is. That's who he is, Patrick. Riley, to answer your question, I think there is a trade back scenario, but the problem is when everyone knows you're trading back, it might be a little harder to trade back. Will the Blazers give up two picks to move back, uh, you know, nine spots plus pick up a se- another second rounder? Would OKC do that? I don't know all the parameters, exactly details, but I... For me, just from what I've read and talking to Brian Kalbrowski, who was the first guy who broke the J Scrub news and, and really knows the league, he wasn't even sure he would draft Scrub at 46, like based on his scouting. He wasn't even sure he was worth a second round pick, like that mid-second round pick. He he was he was a little bit worried at 46. So 16 would be a huge shock. It definitely fits a Neil Olshay profile. It's it's the exact type of player um that he might reach for. But I think trading back makes more sense. 
I think um, moving back to sort of a late first round and then drafting that type of, of project player might make more sense. First round, you know, pick, you get four years out of them uh, as opposed to second rounders where they can negotiate and often the contracts are shorter. See Gary Trent Jr. eligible for a contract extension before Anthony Simons because he was a second rounder that year. So maybe there's some value in taking him as a late first round pick. Um, there's a, there's definitely a, a trade back scenario, and I think I think this is a case where if there's there's smoke, there's fire. The Blazers are certainly interested. Uh, you know, if, if you meet with them one on one, you're interested. If if other people are hearing the whispers, you're interested. This is a this is a Neil Olshay spe- special, and that's why I want to spend this whole first segment talking about Jay Scrub. I wasn't going to do a whole draft profile on him just because I don't have enough ammo. I just there's it would be a stretch to try to give y'all 25 minutes on Jay Scrub, so I gave you 10. That's who Jay Scrub is, Patrick. Riley, I think you're right to think uh, trade down is the move. Second segment, let's talk more draft stuff. we got more, plenty more draft questions. That's what we'll do in the second segment. But before we get there, let's, let's talk a little bit about Bilt Bar. If you're a regular listener, you've heard me tell you about Bilt Bar before, and ain't nothing changed. This is still the best tasting protein bar ever. Still comes in 18 amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They've got that candy bar-like texture. If you have dabbled in the world of protein bars in the past, you know some of them are dry and chalky and gross. That's not what Bill Bar is. Bill Bar just tastes great. That's their trick, is they made something that tastes really good. But if that doesn't sell you, if, if yummy doesn't sell you, what if I told you it's healthy too? It's a wonderful option for the health conscious among us because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Take, for instance, Cherry Barcia. One of their six new flavors. It's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and just 4 net carbs. Look, you want to get your hands on these bars. I know you do. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. Let's keep it rolling with this Mailbag Monday. We got questions about the NBA draft, which reminds me that the NBA draft is here and the Locked On Podcast Network will have live draft coverage this year on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Locked On Live. It's the only place you're going to get to hear Chad Ford break down the draft with Brad Rowland of Locked On Hawks and David Locke, the host of Locked On Jazz and the namesake of this here network. They'll have in-depth draft analysis featuring Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated and you want to get involved. You want to follow this. Your boy will be on there too. Follow Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch so you can get alerts as soon as we go live. So that's what's happening on draft night. But y'all are interested in what's happening pre-draft night with, with these here Blazers. Let's talk about Jay Scrub in that first segment. A guy who very well may hear his name called on draft night. But Ben from Gmail asks, After watching some R.J. Hampton highlights on YouTube, in which he shot a cool 100% from the field and from deep. Love a YouTube scout, Ben. I'm with you, dog. Ben continues. I am less worried about them drafting him. Of course, I would rather them draft Sadiq Bey or Aaron Neesmith, but more and more mocks have those two gone before the 16th pick. Hampton's jumper looks really good via the eye test, and his explosiveness is hard to not get excited about. I know he's a long-term project, and that's honestly the last thing I want on the squad at this point, but we know Neil is going to kneel. Tell me why I should be hyped, and that we are certainly going to draft RJ at 16 if he's available. Please tell me the Blazers are thinking of selecting Scrub at 45 and not 16. 
he's kind of weirdly exciting too. Yeah, Jay Scrub is kind of weirdly exciting just because of the a total unknown factor and sort of like the classicness of the pick. Uh, longtime listeners will know that um, will know this reference, but I've been talking with my friend Chuck, and uh, he, me and him have decided the Blazers are either going to draft Jay Scrub or uh, Poku. That's Alekshev. Poshusevsky, who is a 19-year-old, excuse me, 18-year-old, not yet 19, Serbian, who plays in the Greek professional league, in the second-tier Greek league. Those are just like the two. Scrub and Poku are just like the two most Neil picks. But Hampton is right up there in terms of a Neil pick, right? Didn't, you know, play professionally in, in New Zealand last year in the Australian Basketball League. Um, he... He, you know, didn't play college basketball after being a really high level recruit. This is that is a Neil special, right? Um, why should be excited about him? Uh, because people who know about the draft thought he was going to be a top five pick a, f- a few months ago, and maybe he, that's why he's still up on the draft boards. But I think the athleticism and the potential to be a high level scorer, like the potential to pop and turn into Jamal Crawford, you know, he's not maybe not going to play 20 seasons like old Jamal Crawford, but um. The potential to be a, an elite, if if he if his jumper pops, like if if RJ Hampton can shoot, then he's like probably an elite scorer very early on in his career. And shooting is a thing you can improve at. You can't really get faster. I mean, you can get quicker and more sort of functionally mobile. People improve their athleticism certainly, but and and mostly that's due with sort of like core strength and other like plyometric stuff. But you you're not going to add three inches to your vertical. You're not going to the explosiveness, the leaping, all the stuff that RJ Hampton obviously does when you're watching those YouTube highlights. That's stuff you just that you just have. He's got the physical gifts and he has a chance to work on his weaknesses. And if he and if he pops as a shooter, then he already is just an elite one-way player. It's a phrase I'm going to start using now. He's an elite one-way player. He's 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 already has a chance to be a guy who can average, you know, 15 plus in year 2 because he he'd be that good if he can start to shoot. Now, that's probably way way over my skis. Like he probably averaging 15 plus for his whole career is probably a safer bet than that, but the reason you should be excited about him is cuz he has he has a potential and an ability and and like real things you can build on. So that's myself for you on RJ Hampton. Uh on scrub Look, who knows? Who knows? When we get to draft, when we get to pick sixteen, the Blazers pick Jay Scrub. Just check your podcast feed. I'll I'll go in. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you twenty five minutes on on Jay Scrub once the Blazers draft him. Next question comes from Matthew at Reverend Romulus on Twitter, and Rev Rom asks, "What will you miss most with the draft being virtual?" I will miss Knicks fans completely losing their minds in anger no matter who the team picks and watching a player come on stage in a hat of a team he already knows he's been traded from. I actually like I like a version of that, but I like where the player doesn't know because of the situation. Um, and like Woj is telling us on Twitter or whatever or however you follow the draft, like Adrian Wojnarowski is tipping picks way ahead of time. And uh, the the players are just like spending time with their family and being nervous. So they're maybe not scrolling Twitter or whatever. Um, so they sometimes don't know they've been traded. And I like those trades. I like those moments a lot where, where we all know that he's wearing the wrong hat, but he doesn't yet. But the thing I will really miss the thing I, the thing that like I will actually miss about the draft not being there is sort of the, like the fun emotion of, of in-face interviews. I've done enough of these zoom interviews with NBA guys now that I know that they just, they're just not as good. There's just something about seeing someone face to face that makes the interaction so much better. And you know, ESPN's Maria Taylor or whatever, talking to you right when you get off stage leads to some great, 
great moments. So the thing that I'll miss is Jan Vesely looking in the camera and they're saying, and someone asks him, I don't know if it was Marie Taylor at the time, but it was someone who works for ESPN saying, you know, you've been compared. People are saying that you are the Czech Blake Griffin. And Jan Vesely says, maybe Blake Griffin is American Jan Vesely. That's what I'll miss. American Shout out to the American Jan Vesely, Blake Griffin. Next question comes from Ben Sprouse at Ben Sprouse on Twitter, who asks, should the Blazers select Sam Merrill with the 45th pick? He can shoot really well, and he has a high basketball IQ. He could be the backup PG Blazers fans seem to want. So I want to say a couple things about this. One, I know that it is sort of commonly held that the that the Blazers should add another guard and I'm cool with that logic but I would much rather it be an adult um if you want a young guard like if you want these guys who are 18 19 year olds are adults Sam Merrill 23 he's an adult but y'all know what I mean um I just want to like a veteran NBA player seems like a better fit if if you want a young guard who who's a question mark in year one give the ball to Anthony Simons the Blazers have three good guards in Dame, CJ, and Gary Trent Jr. If you're looking for a fourth guard, to me, either draft a real project like RJ Hampton or Jay Scrub and something that you're really thinking down the line, or just give the ball to Anthony Simons. Let him try it again in year three. Like I, I think that's the logic for me. Um, so to begin to sell me on a, a guard, the Blazers drafting a guard, I think second round is, is a better place to start. It's just it's lower risk. You know, you're picking at 16. You you. The chances that it doesn't work out, relatively high. I mean, I think the the bust potential for mid-first-round picks is very, very high. Very few of those guys stick in the league and are long-term players. But uh, in the second round, it's lower risk just in terms of sort of like the commitment you're making and the like maybe other the other opportunities that you're passing up on the board. So, yeah, I could be, I could be sold on it. Sam Merrill, he... I'm not sure he fits the... Um, I'm not sure he fits the Olshay profile, but he is kind of, I have heard him compared to um, Duncan Robinson. Now, Duncan Robinson's like 6'10", right? Um, but Sam Merrill, a 6'5 guard who played four seasons at Utah State, um, an elite shooter, you know, shot 45%, 46%, and then as he got a little, little more notoriety, 37% as a junior, 41% as a, as a senior, but a really high-level collegiate basketball player averaged you know 20 a game his last two years in college that's high level production even in the mountain west do not do not care that's high level production but the reason the i've heard him compared to duncan robinson because um in the way that you know in the past teams were always looking for draymond green now the new hot team is the heat and so teams are looking for bam Adebayo's, which is a a center with playmaking guard skills or duncan robinson a sort of low profile specialist shooter who you can just turn into that super specialist. And I think Sam Merrill is maybe that guy. And maybe that guy in terms of profile. Like I don't think this dude's Duncan Robinson from what from what other people have written about him and what I've what I've uh, read about him in preparing for this particular show, but he could be, you know, he he does fit that Duncan Robinson, you know, elite shooter profile. What I don't think he is though is a point guard. Um just reading, you know, I know he's that sort of that size and um he's He's definitely a guard in the league, but to me, he seems more like an off off guard, just elite shooter. He's just a shooter. What he is is a straight up shooter. I don't. I wouldn't hate this in the second round for the Blazers. He seems 
He seems like if he's there at 46, I would be totally cool with taking a flyer on a guy who can really, really, really shoot it. All right, let's close out the show. A couple more of your questions. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers. So we've talked Jay Scrub. Talked a little RJ Hampton. We talked about other possible draft options. What I'll miss about the draft and your boy Sam Merrill. But this is a big news week. A lot of news happening. The lead up to the draft and entering free agency on Friday. It's going to be a big news week and that and and uh the news brokers, news breakers of the league are out there delivering the goods. And the big one that's been happening here on Monday evening as I record this is that James Harden wants out of Houston. Your boy, Jimmy Smooth. The only person in the world who calls James Harden Jimmy Smooth is me, but there's a nickname that I've I've used in the past that I'm sharing with you all now. But James Harden, the beard, wants out. He has reportedly turned down a contract extension that would up his salary to $50 million annually, letting him become the first $50 million player in the league, sending the signal to the Houston Rockets, get me the hell out of here. But unlike Kawhi Leonard and Anthony Davis, who were heading into free agency when they uh, demanded trades, or or Leonard with a year left on his deal when he demanded a trade, uh, James Harden's under contract for at least two and potentially three more seasons. He's got a player option for $47 million in two years. Conceivably, he could opt out of that if Houston holds him hostage, but I don't think it gets that far. James Harden wants to get traded to the Brooklyn Nets. He wants to team up with known cool guys, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, some of the coolest, probably easiest to work with people you could imagine. James Harden also seems like an easy to work with, good co-worker. Can't imagine any problems you would have with that trio on the roster. But before we get there, the point is more that James Harden's called a shot. He wants out of Houston. We've been kind of talking here and there on this podcast about whether Houston would, would blow it up and what that would mean. But Dr. J, frequent emailer to the show, Dr. J asks, do you think the Blazers should, not would, entertain a C.J., Trevor, and picks for Harden trade? Could and would a Harden-Dame backcourt work? So we should just, we, we got to, let's talk Harden trades, right? Um, one of the sticking points with the Brooklyn Nets deal is that a some sort of Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, Jared Allen package works. That money works, that works. I think CJ McCollum is better than all of those players. Not significantly, but I think he's better than Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's definitely better than Spencer Dinwiddie, and he's probably better. I think he's better than Karis LeVert. But the Blazers don't have a second player on that level, and they don't have an enticing young player that looks like a future star, say like Shea Gillis-Alexander. Not that the Nets do either, but we'll get back there. So, first of all, I don't think CJ, Trevor, and even a trove full of picks is enough. Um, CJ McCollum is just, he's not what, if the Rockets are tearing it down, you don't want a 30-year-old CJ with four more years left on his contract, and an expiring Trevor Ariza doesn't really help you necessarily, even though it would make the money work and he wouldn't be a problem. Trevor's not the sticking point of that trade. 
All this is to say is the Blazers don't have a package you could build that's better than Brooklyn's package, and Brooklyn's package might not be enough to entice the Rockets to trade James Harden, who's still under contract for a few more years. And I think this is the big problem with the Blazers right now as currently constructed, is that the young guys didn't pop. Zach Collins was supposed to pop. Anthony Simons was supposed to pop. Maybe Nazir Little was supposed to overachieve and or like be a top you know a top 10 pick that happened to go 24th and blah, 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 blah. So they just they don't have the assets to make this move or even get Get into the conversation. CJ, not that level of star for like tradable level star. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a little bit older. He's not, he's not this sort of young, he's not Brad Beal. Brad Beal's 26. If you think CJ McCollum is better than Brad Beal, that's fine with me, but you can't tell me he's younger. So really the point is, and why I wanted to address this question kind of in a long winded fashion is because this kind of illustrates where the Blazers are at in sort of a challenge for roster building. They just don't have the assets to trade for a guy like Harden. Now, who does? I mean, this we're talking one of the five or ten best players in the league. He's fantastic. Um, he's, a, he's an offensive system unto himself. But the Blazers can't even sort of get into... The, if the Blazers are going to get involved in one of these trades, they're going to get involved as a secondary team, as a team who just kind of sneaks in there and says, oh yeah, we'll throw some... We'll get involved to like take on a bad contract in exchange for Trevor Reese's money or whatever it is. Like they just, they aren't going to be part of these frontline deals because they, they just don't have the assets to do it. But I think your question was more was, should the Blazers entertain the trade? Hell yeah. If you can trade for someone as good as James Harden, you do it. So would a Harden Dame backcourt work? You know, it would be challenging because, because they're both so ball dominant and a little bit stubborn. I think, I think James is a little more stubborn than Dame, but you could make it happen um, Dame is no more ball dominant than Russell Westbrook or Chris Paul, and he's a much better shooter than Russell Westbrook, and the Rockets were pretty good. You know, Russell averaged, whatever, 27-7-7. Dame isn't going to do that in the stat sheet because he's not as um, statty, I guess, as Russell Westbrook is, but he's a, he's a much better basketball player um, and a much better fit next to James Harden. I don't think... Honestly, for the most part, when you're talking about a guy as good as James Harden, when you're talking about another top 10 talent, you don't really worry about fit. You just, if, if it was a yes, if it was like, I want to go there or, or you have the parts to make it work to link him with Dame, you know, even if it's giving up Nurk or whatever, you do it in a heartbeat. You just immediately do it. Immediately, immediately do it. You don't even, I don't think you, like maybe Blazer fans hate Harden stylistically and that's fine, but he's just fantastic and you would love him if he was on your team soon enough. So yeah, I'm, I'm team always trade for really good players. Talent wins out in this league. That's, that's the move. But I wanted to spend the first half of this question killing your dreams because that's I, I just want to be realistic. I just want I want everyone to be realistic. And I know, Dr. J, you're typically very realistic. So I'm just keeping you grounded. All right. Like I said, this is a two part mailbag week. Got another. If you if your question was not on this episode, it is waiting in the next word doc, which means it'll be in your feed shortly. Check soon. Double mailbag. Big week, double mailbag. Like I said at the top of the show, if you want to get involved, tweet at me at Mike G. Rich or just email the show lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. It'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon. <laughs>